Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Hey, would you do me a favor and would you turn in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6? Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be reading verses 10 through 20. Ephesians chapter 6 is going to be on the big Bible behind me. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shud your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith. I love that it says above all, taking the shield of faith. Today, we're going to talk about that, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always. Somebody say praying always. Praying always always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all of the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Hey, over the next few minutes, I want to speak to you from this idea, this subject, and I'm hoping you're taking notes because it is practical in nature. I brought my trusty stool because I'm a teach. I'm not preaching. I'm a, I'm a treach today. So I'm going to do a little bit of both, but I want you to take some notes. And if you're writing a subject, the subject of this message that I want to share with you is called gang fight. Gang fight. It's going to be fun today. Hey, come on. Would you pray with me? I'm Lord. We love you. We're so grateful for these moments, Lord God, that we can spend with you, Lord, and thankful for 21 days, Lord God, of fasting, of separating ourselves to be able to spend time with you, Lord. And and Father, we love you. We thank you for worship this morning, Lord God. We thank you that we were able to spend time in your presence. And now, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, speak to our minds. John 3.30, as Jesus said, Lord God, let me decrease, Lord, that you may be able to increase. Let it be your words and not ours, Lord. Eliminate every distraction, Lord God, every plan of the enemy, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would push back the ranks, Lord, and that you would allow for us to be able to focus and listen, Lord God, today for everything that you have for us. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord God. Amen. And amen. Come on, one more time. Would you make some noise for Jesus in his place? Gang fight. Hey, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about, and we started a series called The Art of Spiritual Warfare. The Art of Spiritual Warfare. And the first day we talked about this Ephesians chapter 6, where we, we spoke about being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And what does it look like for us to walk in that? And then we talked about the armor of God. And this was a prayer focus that Paul gave us for us to be able to contend against the enemy and be able to have specific prayers. Not just here I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep or Lord bless this meat. Let's eat. But have some strategic prayers and be able to take the Bible and actually believe it for what it is and use it to be able to watch God do incredible things in our life. Last Sunday, we had a beautiful moment as Damian McCrink came up here and shared what it looks like when you have unanswered prayers. This was a beautiful message that I think was able to tee up what I want to speak to you about today. 
think it created and it has walked together this whole body of work that we've done over these last four weeks, including today, I think is one collective thought. I remember um, I was thinking about this message and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I like cars. I'm not like a car aficionado. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, you know, I, I can, you know, put the right gas in it. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? I used to be able to do oil change and stuff like that. Now cars are different. They got all type of technology and yeah, it's just a different world. Um, the other day, uh, I was down there in Miami, Florida, as you've seen last week, um, and I took Alex to the hood. And they, if you're watching Ruth, I promise we had the doors locked. And I, I, was, uh, I, I took him and we were, we were driving around. And when we were driving around, I had this thought, like I went blank for a minute as we were driving through my old neighborhood. And I had this thought. And, and some of y'all, here's, I want to put a preface and kind of give you a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, if you were born, if you were not born in the 1900s, you won't even understand this. But come back in a second, I promise you. But for those of us that were born in the 1900s, yo, this is a simple concept, but it's profound. Listen to this. Watch this. You ready? Yo, do you remember when we used to, when we used to walk? Y'all remember that? We used, to, we used to walk places. I mean, it was incredible. Sometimes you would go to your neighbor and uh, to your friend's houses. You walk for hours. Yo, we walk across the street sometimes now. And it's like, you don't want to walk to the fridge. Hey, get me. You're like your grandma. Give me the remote. Some of y'all got PTSD remembering that. Switch the, 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 switch the control the TV for me. I, I was laughing because I was like, man, I was grateful in the car. I'm like, bro, I would walk this entire way. It took me 15 minutes in a car to walk to drive this but i would walk two hours pretty much every day after watching ricky lake i would go out there and go hang out with my friends <laughs> i was laughing because i was i was so grateful for the car and it just it was a simple moment that just crossed my mind i was like man thank you for this car lord thank you that i don't have to walk all over the place that i can go places and then i started thinking about it and i was like i don't think i'm so much in love i'm not a car guy you know what i'm saying i'm green i like cars i think they're cool but i'm not like i'm not a car guy um, and I know some of y'all are. God bless you. I'm not speaking against you. You know, you put tinted windows, radios, you got all the mods and perfection. You're telling your wife, but I have to have this. No, you don't. I'm helping you ladies. No, you don't. You don't have to have that. Just because you've seen it on the Tic Tac doesn't mean that you got to do it. No, you're good. But I remember um, that I was thinking about this and I was like, man, it's what I think I like about cars. And it's just something built inside of me. If you know me, then you know that I like systems. And I love, I love the way that things work. I like to break things down and I think I just like the way the cars are so interconnected and everything works with each other. If the alternator is not working, if the gas pump is not, like things are all connected. I love systems. That's why I love to talk to our servicemen and women um, who have done an incredible job defending this country. But I love the system of the military forces. And I sit here and I have conversation. I was talking to Tommy and so many of our friends that are here that I have these conversations with because I'm so intrigued with high capacity leadership and businesses and organizations. I just love the way that things work together where one thing works with another thing. Some of y'all know what that looks like because you're always doing the job of all of your employees and you're doing the job of your coworker. So you know that it's like, they won't work together. I work, Tino. <laughs> but watching everything work, do you know that this is what the kingdom of God looks like? that this is who me and you are, that I know you see me up here on the stage and I might have the, the microphone and I might be the one talking, but this thing called Greater Church doesn't happen just because I get up here and talk. This worship team has been practicing for weeks leading up to this night of worship. Even today, watching everything that has happened, when you walked in here, there was individuals with Skip and the team and the host team that have been sitting you down. Right now, we're learning, but there are kids inside of our G-Kids that they're not being babysat. They're actually being developed as leaders. 
and they're learning how to grow as men and women of God. But this thing called the church, it happens together. There's some churches that look differently. There's some churches that talk differently, but we're, an, we're, we're together in this thing. I love the way that Damien said it last week. Um, for those of you that weren't here uh, about a year and a half ago, 18 months ago, Damien, uh, 43 years old, I think Damien is somewhere around there. Damien, uh, his wife was 41 years old and she passed away from brain cancer unexpectedly. It was about a 12 day window from the moment that she went to the hospital until she went to be with the Lord. And in it, he said something last week that I think was profound and something that I want to build upon. He said, Chino, and to the church, he was preaching to you guys. He said, there was times during that season of 18 months that I didn't have faith. I had to use the faith of others to get me through. That's a biblical concept. That's something that's actually real. Mark chapter two, the Bible says that four men took this individual and ripped the roof at Peter's house, cussing Peter, Peter, the one that snatched somebody's ear off and they ripped his, they had they had courage. They ripped his roof. I can imagine he was cussing in the spirit and they lift, they put him down in front of Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus says, and he saw their faith. I mean, in scripture, you can look at different instances all through the Bible where you see that God actually takes in account Moses. It was Aaron and her that were holding his hands up. It was David with the mighty men of God. It was Elijah who just defeated, I mean, did an incredible feat from God. He goes through this depression where he want, he's suicidal. He's at the point that he's saying, I don't want to do this anymore. And in the midst of that, God says, hey, I have a remnant. I have a group of people that are going to walk with you on this journey. We are this journey. We are this kingdom. We are these people. And some of y'all, it hurts to think, but man, you need people. And I know you try to do it on your own and people have let you down. So you said, no, I don't need anybody. You actually do. And being a believer of Jesus, you're a part of something that's so much bigger than the pride that you carry, the hurt that has scarred you, and even the scars that you have in your body. Look what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, but you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. We all work together. We're a part of this thing called the kingdom of Jesus. We're not silos by ourselves. We're not. We have this thing and we do this thing together. And I know the world that we live in now, it's all about being in silos and being by yourself. And when I was a kid, we had one album that would drop, right? One album that came out and everybody listened to the same songs. You would get on a school bus and everybody was singing the same. We watched one show together. For some of y'all, it was like, leave it to Beaver. You know what I mean? Some of y'all, Fresh Prince and Martin and... It, but we all watched the same show. One movie came out. Everybody was in the hood. We thought we were Rocky. We did the whole deal. When we saw Karate Kid, what did we do? Yeah. Everybody. The world that we live in now, there's a plethora of streaming options. You can, I remember there were times you had to get the tape, you feel me? And you had to flip that mug, hit forward on it, wait for a little while, flip it back around and hit play. That's how you rewind it. Now you're on your phone and you just, I don't even like this no more. I don't want to, you just, we just have way too much technology. But if I'm honest with you, when, when we talk about this thing called the kingdom of Jesus, to all of us, we're not silos. We're a kingdom. We're a whole gang of people that God has called together. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter two, verse 19 through 23, it says, now, therefore, you are no longer strangers or foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostle and the prophets. just want to show you this. Being built on that foundation are individuals that were cut in half, people that were hung on crosses upside down, that were boiled in oil, 
people who were beheaded, people who were martyred and killed in some of the most gruesome ways. This is the foundation. They never once said, hey, I don't believe in Jesus. They stood for it. They didn't have a Facebook post where somebody say, oh my God, you're so weird. They actually, their bodies were broken because of this thing called Christianity. We stand on these mighty men of God that that's called strength. When people say that Christianity is a crutch, you must not have done your research, my guy. You must, not, you must not look at 2023 and individuals today who are being martyred, killed, beaten, and bruised, and they still stand for their faith and have not wavered, have not turned from it. They believe, and so they live this thing out with truth and conviction. So we stand on the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone in whom we are, whom the whole building being fit together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a holy dwelling place. Last scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 through 14 says, just as the body is one and has many parts, but all of its parts are formed one body. So it is with Christ for we are all baptized by one spirit. So as to form one body whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we are all given that one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Scripture tells us that we're truly greater together, that we're meant to be in community. We're meant to do this thing together. I was kind of doing some research on this and thinking back on this series and what we've been talking about and Paul in Ephesians chapter six, he's given us a picture of what it looks like the Romans, what they looked like, the armaments that they wore as Roman soldiers. And he began to give us the armor of God. And I'm not going to belabor the point because a couple of weeks ago we talked about it. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the feet shod with the readiness to preach the gospel of peace, the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. But the shield of faith, it was this shield that you, you may have seen it in certain movies, but because things are based on a true story, they're not true stories. They sometimes look like they're round and certain armies and certain generations, they had them. But a majority of the real Roman guards, the people who Paul was looking at, their shield kind of looked like a door. And so it was this this square shield that will go probably right under the chin all the way down to their feet. And I actually have a picture of one of those ancient ones for you to see. And then if you look at the next picture, the little squares, it's hard to see, but if you look at that little red line inside of that, that's what one of those shields would look like. And you've probably seen these in movies, right? So in this movie, this is the turtle formation that they would create. And some of y'all have probably seen this in the next slide that comes up. You've probably seen this where they link up these shields and then they put them up at the top and then they throw the arrows, you know what I mean? And it's like, this is the, the Roman turtle. And this is a, a, a military formation in which they have fight. That, that first one, go back to that first one. That was called the phalanx formation. And this was where they revolutionized wars. Because now these Roman guards, these Roman soldiers, they would get together. And what they would do is that when they linked together, they were able to walk forward. And you see it in the movies. And they walk forward. And then they had swords that they were able to fight with. And uh, eventually that kind of got into a space and, 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 and kind of changed a little bit with the maniple formation. Um, because people were coming from the sides and they were coming from the back. And they learned how to get around it. So now what you see is, you ever seen the movies that they have like these rectangles of people and they're like separated and then they have them on the sides and so that's the maniple formation that they actually morphed into something different but can i tell you that this is a picture of who the, the church of jesus christ is that when we talk about the shield of faith there is a moment that my faith has to link with your faith that we protect each other that we stand in the gap with each other that we actually believe that what we're doing matters and that your relationships, that your life actually matters to me. And there are moments that I need your strength and there are moments that you're going to need my strength. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 says, 
praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. That this is something that we're doing together. When they were holding and they were ready to go to battle, listen to me, as they were holding and linking up these shields, if one person stumbled, it would create a crack in the link and people would stumble. But when they were all together, they were organized. They were walking together organized. You know that the enemy has been organized as well? We read it a few weeks ago and we talked about this idea of being spiritually attacked and under spiritual warfare. That this isn't something kooky that we, we love God, the holy God. He's up there in heaven. We love Jesus. You know, he sacrificed. We love him on Easter and we love him in Christmas. The Holy Spirit, I don't know. Some of us are like, ah, you know what I'm saying? That's for the Pentecostals. And for some of us, it's like, yo, this is all I know. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I would not be alive today. My life would not mean anything if it wasn't for God living inside of me. But when it comes to the devil and, and demons and all that, that we're like, no, nah, I don't watch scary movies. That ain't a scary movie. It's a reality. And it's something that we experience, whether you believe it or not. Ephesians chapter 6 says, 6 verse 12 says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Do you see how organized, how strategic that the devil isn't running around for eon for thousands of years, twiddling his fingers, waiting for the Lord to cast him into the lake of fire that he's strategic. He's been planning. Ah, uh, Chino, that's too much, bro. You're thinking too much. It ain't that serious. Cool. Why is it that all of a sudden when you go to church and when you decide, hey, I'm going to get my life right, all hell breaks loose in your life? Why is it that all of a sudden your husband starts acting extra crazy? Your kids, all of a sudden, you got a call from the principal and they're like, hey, man, your son just got in two fights. And you're like, bro, what? That boy don't even talk. <laughs> all of a sudden, I, he, he acting crazy. I mean, the beginning of anything, right? I'm, you, you, <laughs> this is the crazy part. You sit there and you slept good. You slept eight hours. You, you feel rested. But as soon as you open up the Bible, <laughs> you're struggling. But you'll sit there and read Facebook comments and Instagram comments all day long. You argue with people in your head all day long. Be three in the morning. Oh, my God. I would have said the same thing. You so stupid. I, you know what I mean? And you're like, but you ain't sleep. You're doing some reading. Why is it that all of a sudden when you lean into the things of God, it feels like all hell breaks loose because this is a spiritual thing. Coming up here, this isn't just a church. Guys, we're living organism and there are things that are actually at work trying to hinder you from coming here. But at the same time, there's a stronger thing that's around you that God has placed on your behalf that if you understand it and understand the tools that you got, you can watch because while the devil remains determined, sometimes the church can be divided. What happens if the church actually gets together? What happens if you got some people that are going to link their shields with you? You're not going to allow for your faith to waver anymore. Somebody that can begin to pray for your husband instead of talking bad about your husband. Somebody that can say, hey, your family is going to come to Jesus. Somebody that says, hey, man, you're broke. And oh, my God, you don't have it all. But somebody that's going to stand with you and say, Lord, give them a creative idea. Bring the right people. Hey, I talked to this person. You need to meet this person. You got to have some people in your life that are going to walk with you. When you're broken and you're hurting, when you feel like a piece of you is gone, you need some people to step into your weakness and be able to help you in those moments. For some of us, we've tried to do it so long by ourselves, and it's always been a cycle. What would it look like if you actually had some people around you to be able to walk with you through life? I hate that the enemy is so keen, so, so smart. Even when you look at the world that we live in today, 
yo, you can't scroll through any social media or any, I'm not even excited to go back to social media. Like you can't scroll without seeing an organized attack. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you don't have to go far. For some of us parents, just have a conversation with your kid on some of the nuances that they're teaching in their schools. Yeah. I mean, you could watch on TV shows. You can't help, but every single TV show is going to indoctrinate you. They're not looking for unity. They're looking for uniformity. They want you to be just like them. And the moment that you speak up against it, oh, you're canceled. Wow. The truth is that the enemy has been very strategic in the way that he does things. And the church sometimes hasn't been. I hate that Luke chapter 16, verse 8, and the last person is still a real statement in 2024. It says, for the sons of this world are more shrewd. That word means more clever, more cunning, more perceptive in their generation than the sons of the light. And that's not the way that it's supposed to be. As Christians, as men and women of God, we started at the forefront of helping people get out of drugs and alcohol. We started helping single moms. Nobody has educated more people than the Church of Jesus Christ, Harvard and Princeton and all these beautiful universities. They started as Bible Christian colleges and slowly have morphed and lose, lost their ways. But the Church of Jesus, nobody gives more money to broken, hurting people. Nobody gives more counseling. Nobody's in other countries teaching and digging wells. Nobody's doing more than the Church of Jesus Christ. Nobody has been at the forefront of all social justice nobody has been at the beginning of these things like the church of jesus but sometimes it feels like we've wavered leviticus chapter 26 verse 8 gives us a glimpse as to who we are as a church together united five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight your enemies shall fall by the sword before you we're greater together we're meant to do this thing together. I know that in my own personal life, I feel like I can go fast by myself. And one of my tendencies is that I don't, I try, I, I have a problem sometimes and I work at it. My problem is that I'll try to do things on my own. And before I ask you, I'll tell you, I could do this. Let me take care of this by myself. Never knowing that there's people that God has put around me that are able to step into it. And one of the greatest lessons that I learned is not to say no for people. And when I walk on the journey with people, it's not that I go fast, it's that I go further, faster. When I actually watch as God begins to do things, I, I look at like a Brianna James, who I don't have the capacity or the mindset to sit here and do everything at this church. But just last month, she gave away 35 tons of food away to our community. Today, there's going to be tons of people that are lined up after service and i'm asking if you need some we got a fresh uh chicken and etc i always say the wrong thing so let me not even say it but i know we got chicken because i saw it the chicken strips <laughs> but has fed our community actually got a grant for ten thousand dollars and we got two brand new refrigerators two freezers dollies forklifts we were able not forklifts pallet jacks <laughs> we ain't got no for <laughs> we ain't got those yet but literally has stepped into a space where we're actually watching this thing happen. We're feeding people physically and spiritually. I'm running my mouth trying to give you as much Bible as I can. She's sitting there after service making sure that everybody in the community has everything that they need to be able to walk out and be healthy individuals. Come on, we could put our hands together and clap there, man. I think... Uh, I think when we, uh, when, when we look at the body of Jesus Christ, it's made up of so many members. And I love how the Bible references it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where it talks about this idea of like the hand and the nose. And 
The hand can't ever tell the nose, hey, why can't you grab that? And the nose can't say to the hand, hey, why don't you smell that? I think it's all of us together. I, I've been very vocal about some of the mistakes that the church has made. I've been very critical at times about some of the things. That my, I'm a part of this thing. Please understand this. I know that we've missed it. And I know that sometimes the church has created real hurt in your life. Sometimes they've manipulated you and taken you things where you were supposed to receive help. It felt like they've taken from you even more. But can I tell you that it's the very same church, this thing called the body of Jesus that has provided more help and more love and more joy and more relationships in your life. And though the church has missed it, I don't, I don't make fun of people. I don't make fun of churches. We're a part of this. We've made some mistakes. But can I tell you, man, that we serve a God that has not made mistakes. We serve a God that is strong. He's powerful. He hasn't had one error. We try to model it as much as we can, but we can only do this thing together. Where you watch the mistakes happens, where you start to see the hurts and the pains and the church hurt come from is when one individual begins to take the step by themselves outside of the context of the body of Jesus. That's where hurt pain is produced. That's where you get this church hurt from. When one individual, whether man or woman, begins to dictate the pace according to what they feel and not according to what God says. But in this space, that's not the way that we operate. We believe that God protects us in the midst of our unity. I want to show you John chapter 17, verse 21. Jesus was protecting you way before you even knew he was. He was, pre he was praying to the disciples. When he was praying to the disciples, he switches and he begins to pray for you right there where you are in 2024. I'll show you. I don't ask for these only, which is the disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. For those of you that have called on the name of Jesus, this is talking about you. That they may all be one, just as you are one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be within us so that the world would believe that you sent us. We're a part of this thing together. I've shared my story and I've been transparent of who I am. And in my life, I, I made some pretty bad mistakes. As a teenager um, in Miami, Florida, we moved up here about seven years ago. Um, I lived my entire beginning of my life up until I was 19 years old, completely inundated in gang violence and, and living on the streets and, and doing things that you probably see on the TV. At the age of 19, after being in jail 13 different times, this led to me to go to prison. I went to prison for five years. What's crazy is that right before I ended up getting my sentence, I was 19 years old and the judge offered me an enormous amount of years. And hearing that, I remember that I was like, I don't know if I'm going to go home today or if, you know, it's a gang fight. They don't want to snitch or if they drop the charges and I go home. I need to change. I remember that in that moment, there was a Bible study and there was some inmates. And think about a square box like this. And for some of y'all, y'all been the next step. Y'all heard the story. I, I had, there's bunks on the sides and then tables in the middle and we play cards. But then in the back, there was a room that had plexiglass. And then it had a TV inside of it for people to be able to talk and, and yell and all that. And we're Dolphin fans, so we yell a lot because we're always mad at them. And so we had the TV and there was a Bible study, believe it or not, at 11 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. And I remember I went to that Bible study at the age of 19 years old and I heard, it's not that I heard Jesus for the first time, it's that I think I just understood it. At the age of 19, five months later, I was teaching inside of that Bible study. No Christian background. I just was in love with the Bible. I started a Spanish Bible study, started an English Bible study. I got sentenced to my time. I started playing sports and I started doing music. 
while I was in prison, I was preaching and had some of the worst people on the compounds sitting there crying and leading them to Jesus. I became an evangelist in my darkest moments. When I got out, actually, while I was in there, the officers would always tell me, you'll be back. You're just doing that jailhouse religion. And you know what was my favorite thing to tell them? You're right. I'm coming back. Just not the way you think. What happened for 19 years, 19 years, I was not ever to go back. And I'm only in my 20s, by the way. So don't, you know, don't do the math. I identify how I want to. And so <laughs> I, uh, 19 years, I was never able to go. And then my pastor, who we've been praying for, who is doing amazing, by the way, with the stem cell transplant and his form of bone marrow cancer, he's doing incredibly. Keep him in your prayers, prayers please. He created an opportunity for me to meet an individual called Mike Barber. And Mike Barber is, real, he's, the, he's the guy in Texas. He walks into prisons. They ain't even checked me. I was like, y'all looked at my background? I'm like, no, just give me your ID and go in, buddy. And when I was in this prison, and I've shared this story with you, we walk and we evangelize. They take people from different prisons. And I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy, the stories that I've seen. I met one individual and I want you to see him. His name is James Bird. And this is just a, a, he was part of the Aryan Brotherhood. And so the Aryan Brotherhood of Texas, Kingpin, James Lamarck Birdman, Bird, described as a sadistic, racist torture, will spend the rest of his life in a state prison for violent criminal activities related to the white supremacy gang. These are the guys that we went to go see. This is somebody who we went to go minister to. People who he... He literally took his blood, put it in a cup, grabbed the bread, dipped it, ate it, and then made people eat it. Literally, if you Google his name, he was the second highest ranking official in the Aryan Brotherhood. He actually, the murders, the things that he did, this man, he stabbed somebody 38 times. I mean, he did some incredible things. I remember meeting him. And when I was in the prison, I was like, yo, who, this, who the heck is this guy? I mean, an absolute disaster. People were f afraid of him. I mean, people would just look at him and they'd think, look at this guy, bro. You see him, what you gonna do? Oh, brother, let me talk to you about Jesus. No, man, I don't. <laughs> Can I show you something? I received a text message on Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday, I received a text message. And this text message came from his fiance. I want you to see this text message. It says, my name is Nicole Copelik. Kopke? Kopke? My fiance, James Lamarck Bird, is an inmate you met at the revival at TDJ, TD, TDCJ, the Hughes unit in Gatesville, Texas. Since meeting James, he has introduced me to the Pando app. That's a Bible app where they get to see preachings and messages from different churches. And we are watching together and growing our relationship with God as with each other. I am pleased and proud to say that James... This guy has reignited my love for God and the desire to have a closer relationship with God. This guy, this guy, they take him from prison to prison to go preach Jesus. This guy goes into cells. I've been in a cell with a dude who is dying. A dude that's dying, I've walked into the cell and this dude is telling me, he's like showing me I was a part of the Aryan nation and he's showing me swastikas and white power all across his chest. And I'm like, oh, give me a second. I want you to meet somebody. And the moment that James has walked in the room, the dude thought he saw a ghost. He was like, are you, are you Birdman? 
He's like, yeah, I used to be. You know what God did in my life? And he began to preach to this man and began to pray for this man. This is what you call a gang fight. When God could take the most vile, the lowest, the most broken, and he could bring them together with the kingdom of God and watch God do some incredible things. If God can do that with this guy, how much more can he do with you? The moment that you take your shield and you unite your shield with me, and I reunite my shield with him, and Tom comes alongside him, and we're able to walk this thing together, and we're able to lock this thing and continue to move. You know what happens? Is what the Bible says, that the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violence shall take it by force. And then it says, the gates of hell will not be able to prevail. Gates were never meant to push forward. Gates were always meant to protect. But the Bible says that the gates won't be able to prevail because the kingdom of God is walking in step, faith by faith, movement by movement. We're praying for your husband and we're watching him come to Jesus. I know your son is addicted to cocaine, but we're watching him come back to Jesus. I know your kid has been diagnosed with cancer, but we're watching him heal and come to Jesus. We're watching as God restores marriages, as God takes you being so broken that you didn't know where you were gonna live, but all of a sudden you just began to link some feet, some shields with some individuals. And all of a sudden now you're wondering to yourself, how did I start this building? How do I I own this house how is it that God has blessed me it's because we did a gang fight y'all we got together we linked up together you need people in your life you can't keep doing this by yourself the shield of faith it's the first thing that you need this thing comes by way of it's God who gives it to you faith is something that God produces not me because I'm running I'm yelling and the piano so beautifully played no, 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 faith is something that God gives you. Now, faith at the very beginning, for those of us that have never called on Jesus, faith is the only requirement you need to be able to link up with other Christians and be able to watch God save you. For some of us, man, we've been dealing with hurt, pain, shame, guilt, sin has us so trapped. We've been so broken. We've allowed for the devil to create a plan for us that we're walking in that plan. We don't even like it. But we've been walking in the plan that he created for us. And today I want to tell you that there is freedom. I don't need a dude on a stage to be able to preach to you the gospel. Today, listen to the words of my mouth. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you shall be saved. Today, the Bible gives you an opportunity for you to lift up this shield of faith. Today's salvation can be yours. And God wants to save you. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Would you do me a favor and would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can